Well, happy Friday night, guys. How you guys doing? <laughs> Great. Well, tonight we have Ben Richmond with us um, tonight as a special guest, the U.S. Country Manager of Zero. Ben, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, this is a special treat. We've um, we've had a few uh, zero uh, experts, zero advisors on on the show, um, and and join us on this talk on Friday nights. And but it's great to have the guy who's leading the charge here in the U.S. Um, on, and just what a privilege. So yeah, thanks. And um, and so that we're going to do a little bit different tonight, where we'll just split up segments. But um, we got a bunch of questions um, in for you mainly because. Um, Hector, Andrew, and, and, and I have played in the, um, the, the, you know, the Giants, the U.S. Giants realm for a long time, um, but we are, you know, both Andrew and I have, have dabbled and are tiptoeing, and, and I am actually trying to go even deeper into some zero work with my own firm, um, working with, with entrepreneurs um, that are on the zero platform and also entrepreneurs that want to be on the zero platform, and so um, so it's great to, yeah, it's great to talk and get to be able to ask questions, but yeah, when, uh, um, uh, where, where, where are you tonight? What are, where, where are you and what are you doing, um, on, uh, tonight? Yes. Uh, the dim lighting is my hotel room in Chicago. <laughs> it's been a, uh, a really big week. I started off going from home in Denver to celebrate one of our partners going platinum out in Lathrop in California, mm -hmm. out of San Francisco, and then been in Alabama with a partner, Atlanta, and then Chicago, we have a community team here that supports our partners. So both visiting them in a, in a franchise conference. So this one's been a, a big week. That's great. That's really, really great. And, um, and so I, I understand that your, your role as U.S. country manager, it's a fairly new role for you. Um, and you were, you were overseeing the U.S. before as well as part of your role, but now it's, it's a, kind of your sole focus is being the U.S. country manager? Yeah, that's correct. So I've been with Zero for about uh, coming up seven years. I joined uh, right at the sort of start when the New Zealand market had just gone through the early adopters phase. So you can probably spot from my accent. Um, and I came up about three years ago uh, as we looked to accelerate North America and really double down on our partner strategy. And so we're sort of looking at overall the Americas from a growth perspective. Um, but just recently, we've decided to really split um, the two businesses in the Americas and then create dedicated teams for both Canada uh, and the US so that we can go faster. So my role looks at the overall, how do we drive growth and adoption and support our partners and small businesses uh, in the region? So really, how do, we, how do we build that? So super excited to be seeing the Canadian team expand and seeing the yeah. US team expand and getting that separate focus as well. That's great. Well, I'm glad you chose USA all the way. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I, love, I, I love the US too much. <laughs> the food especially. That's great. Yeah. And uh, in and, and Denver, your home, is that where you call home? Denver is where I call home. So um, as, a, as someone from New Zealand, I, I miss the ocean a little bit, but yeah. absolutely lo love Denver. It's a great central spot, great people and um, love the outdoors as well. So apart from the ocean, which I get to see enough through travel. So I get myself to the ocean. So. And so have you, have you been in Denver the whole time since you've been in the U.S.? I have, yeah. I went through the um, the challenges of being on a visa and trying to buy a home in the last year or so. So I've got a, I've got a, got the dog and the house and everything. So I'm fully settled. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Denver has had quite the growth, and you guys have probably watched it um, being there. Uh, you know, being there as, as long as you have watched the amount of growth that's happened in the Greater Denver area and other you know startups as well as just fast growing startups. Like I know Gusto's got a big presence there, and other startups in the accounting sector um that are doing really well so that's that's pretty amazing at what you're what you must be seeing there 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, even the three as I've been there, seeing the growth, we've seen companies, uh, lots of even Southern Hemisphere businesses, tech companies that are looking to land in the US, plus businesses existing in the US, seeing Denver as a great natural home. So the, the tech scene there is really uh, starting to thrive and grow, and you're seeing companies from all over the world come in, um, which is exciting. Um, city's doing a good job of handling the population growth uh, so far, but um, it's awesome to be part of that ecosystem, particularly, as yeah. you know, with, with platforms like ourselves we work with so many of these partners like gusto and integrate so having all those businesses in the same spot is super handy that's great that's great well where, where do you see you know now that you you kind of have this main focus on the u.s um where do you, when you look at the landscape of the u.s and especially as you know a, a quote unquote you know outside observer that's come into the u.s in the past handful of years and um and and you know obviously with zero where do you see the u.s's accounting tech space, the cloud accounting space going? Um, and how do you compare it to what you experienced um, in, in New Zealand and Australia? Yeah, and so for me, a little bit, it's like going through the same movie again. Um, <laughs> you know, New Zealand's a really interesting little Petri dish of innovation because of its small scale. You can test taking products and services to market and see how they behave. So it's been actually really interesting for Zero to, to test the business at scale and learn things and export those around the world. Um, I, I'm a chartered accountant, so I did five years in public practice um, wow. before going corporate and then into, into zero. Um, so I'm pretty passionate about um, what we do. Um, but, you know, I've heard a lot of, it's really interesting coming from New Zealand. I hear a lot of partners up here ask, oh, you know, New Zealand is so advanced. Uh, and what I say is, you know, I've spent three years meeting lots of accounts and bookkeepers all over this country and in, and in Canada. And, you know, the challenges and the problems are, are pretty similar. Like hmm. there is more the same than is different. Um, and the other thing I've actually seen is, you know, the New Zealand has done a great job, I think, in getting accountants and bookkeepers been really thinking about how do I take my practice online mm -hmm. and, think, and everything, every part of the infrastructure, their practice, whether it be document management, whether it be the tax business, whether it be growing a CAS division. We've definitely seen the US accelerate on the bookkeeping and CAS side, but a lot of the tax side because the complexities around compliance has been a bit slower to go to the cloud. So people say to me, oh, you know, yes, New Zealand and Australia have got about 50% cloud adoption. Um, oh. So really, so, you know, when you're looking to look at how do you accelerate your own practice, looking down there is quite a good idea because there, it, it's, it's, it is quite through the adoption curve. The US is still, you know, getting close to 20%, um, but I've still seen, practices and partners up here that blow me away in the stuff that they're doing you know we, we've got a partner down in atlanta um the guys at acuity they're doing some amazing stuff around cryptocurrency and accounting there and 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 again how they do the business development around their businesses so i've seen firms and partners in the us that are accelerating beyond what i even saw in new zealand um yeah i think the big challenge is how do we start to move more of the mass market at scale because you know i see this I don't see the big fear, you know, compliance is dead. Right. Accounts have got to move. I actually think this is the golden age of advisory. I think compliance is really important. I think it's still something we have to do. And if we can make it efficient, um, my view is if you take your compliance business online, um, you're going to get efficiencies and you're going to get more connected to your client. And those two things are what grow the opportunity to go into the advisory services. So I would say that I think a lot of firms try and jump straight into advisory. Um, you know, you need great numbers to do great advisory as well. Hmm. So I sort of see the two as inter interdependent and connected. And so we've been really focusing on how do we help the, the, the profession really think about, you know, how do we do some of the boring stuff first? And by the boring stuff, it's really important. You know, have you got good practice management that's in the cloud integrated 
to your, to your tech stack. Um, so if you're going to be a great advisor, are you doing great advisory on your own practice? Um, so I'm excited. I think we're just getting started here in the US as, an, as, as, a, as a profession. It's starting to, we're starting to see people jump. Um, I think the exciting thing we've also seen in the US is, you know, you don't really walk into any um, small business or cafe and not, um, not see a point of sale software on an iPad. I mean, I was in the back blocks of Alabama in a barbecue shop this week and they still had a, you know, a, a point of sale terminal that was cloud. So it's now how do we get the front end or in the accounting piece hooked into the cloud as well. So I think there's a, we're right at the start, which is exciting for us all. Yeah, I think the adoption, like Square, we're just talking about Square and other other point of sale systems in their cloud. They've, 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 made, they've definitely penetrated the retail market. You've seen the retail market want the want to move away from the, the analog cash register, right? The traditional yep. cash register to those more user-friendly interfaces and um, the amazing growth that Square, Toast, other point-of-sale systems have had. And I think the the back end where the accountants sit <laughs> is what's yep. trying to slowly catch up. And and to hear that about, you know, it's approached 20% adoption and, and moving, that's, that's actually surprising to me. And that sounds really, really great. And I think um, yeah, we definitely can learn some lessons on, on what, what, you know, New Zealand has done, Australia is doing. Um, and I think even what Canada is doing is they're moving, moving very fast as well. Um, and so, yeah, but there's definitely a big, big behemoth of a boat here in the U S of, of, of things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. Hey Ben, I want to ask you a couple of questions. I guess it's my time. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you Hector? All right, so I wanted to ask, I'm not an avid follower of Zero and the Zero world, but um, you know, I've looked at the stock price and I've looked at the price of the product and sort of your strategy going in market. So I'd like to ask you some questions about that and whatever you can answer and whatever you can't, of course, I understand. So, um, so Zero has enjoyed a really fast growth in the past, I would say about three years. It's really been sort of the hyper growth stage. I'm just kind of looking at a, at a graph here, somewhere towards the end of 2017, something happened that caused the stock to go up three times the price from uh, uh, two years ago. So I would love to ask you what has happened in the past two years that has, uh, that has helped Zero grow so quickly. Yeah, so I think I mean having a great. So the beauty for us, we were born in the cloud in 2006. So we've you know we've only all of our platforms have been built in the cloud. The first part of our business has always been our, our core channel to market has been through our partners. And so there, it take, and as you guys know, it takes a long time when you're coming in um, to build those relationships and build out that partner channel. Um, and you know we talk about you know building those relationships, educating our partners, um, and people don't j- jump in overnight. They want to test and learn and and try and things and so I think what you're starting to see now is you know we've had our markets we obviously started in New Zealand went to Australia then the UK um, and then more recently and then we jumped into the US um, more recently of seeing us expanding into Asia South Africa Canada and Ireland and I think what you're seeing is a couple of things you're seeing those new markets um, starting to you know to pick up and we're starting to see the cloud adoption um, start to accelerate but you're also seeing some of the great work that we've done in those other markets like Australia and New Zealand, where cloud adoption's at 50%. Because once we have that channel and those relationships with our community, um, we're seeing the adoption continue to grow. Um, we've also had some really good, um, you know, as we've built out our products cloud first, we've seen a lot of, you know, we've had the making tax digital 
um, in the UK, which has happened, which is really interesting um, to look at when you look globally what's happening in the landscape, um, which has really made, you know, for bookkeepers and accountants, getting onto cloud accounting is really critical if you're going to be able to comply with um, making tax digital and similar things happening down in the, the southern hemisphere as well. So coupled with those mature markets really starting to um, grow and get to scale in those our new emerging markets, I think the other thing too we, we announced is we, um, you know, the last half at our last public results, we showed our first net profit. Um, you know, we were, we're EBITDA positive, we're cash flow positive, which as you know, for a, a tech startup that was founded in an apartment 12 years ago, um, going through those key milestones, um, you know, having a million customers, getting to cash flow break even, um, and then, you know, our last results were 1.8 million customers. So I think in the last couple of years, we've really shown that we can continue to innovate in that product, um, that we can continue to grow and accelerate, uh, while at the same time showing really good operating discipline. Um, so, you know, we're showing that we can, you know, grow at good ARPU, um, grow in the SaaS terms with um, good CAC as well. So we're showing we can accelerate growth while still, you know, having good operating disciplines. And we're now, you know, obviously being able to fund ourselves as well. Yeah, Hector, I think your, your volume went up for some reason. Ben, are you having a hard time? Can you hear I, it, Hector? Yeah, I couldn't hear Hector. Yeah, yeah I couldn't hear Hector either. Hector, as soon as you get back on, let us know. Um, yeah, I mean, this is really interesting as you talk about internationally, because um, it is so interesting to me. I always like to hear about the um, different people's perspective on the different international um, experiences and, and the way that the accounting communities are evolving in the different countries. Um, obviously, being from Canada and us having a you know smaller demographic that is probably equivalent to the size of Australia, it's always been so interesting to me that Australia has always been um, perceived as the as the market leader, and it's it's interesting to hear that they're still only at about fifty percent adoption. Um, and also, like it was really interesting. I, I know you guys just came off of ZeroCon, um, and I read Matt Paths. Um, the article that no one else will write that he writes every four, every year um, and I always read them. And he was talking about the fact that even in Australia, people are still, there's still lots of those old traditional accountants, even in Australia, where I somewhat perceive that I just, or make the assumption that everyone in Australia is in the cloud. We've already jumped on, but no, it's still only 50% adoption. Um, so it's really interesting to hear. And I'd love to hear, from your perspective, having traveled the world and seen different uh, countries, the way they approach it, um, what are the different countries doing really well? What are the things that we as Canadians can learn from the Americans, from the Australians, from the people in the UK, Ireland, um, even Asia? I'd love to hear from you what you think the different countries are doing differently um, and what they're doing well. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think there's a I'll sort of go around the houses on the, the country, so we'll go around the world quickly. But, um, you know, when I look at New Zealand and Australian accountants, I think they really, um, they focused on, we have these existing practices and uh, how do we take those? Is that coming through okay? Yeah, so how do we- Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Ben, go ahead. You're fine, you're fine. Sorry, how, how do we take um, our practices and get them online first? get the infrastructure online? How do we take our existing compliance businesses and get them more efficient? And so there's, I sort of break the journey to advisory into three phases. 
I sort of said there's, a, there's the practice efficiency phase, which is, you know, are all your key infrastructure elements online? Do you have good practice management? Do you know what margin you're making off what services? Um, you know, if your payroll's a loss leader, are you, are you, have you got reporting and mechanisms in place to test that because you're doing it to make a more sticky tax return client or a more, more efficient tax return client? New Zealand and Australia, we got that right first. Um, and, and they're now growing into advice. Simple advisory for me, and, and a lot of accounts and bookkeepers to me get really scared by advisory, but it's this big black box of what does that actually mean? And I yeah. break it into to simple and complex. Um, and the simple piece is really the bit we've all done before. Many of us accounts have done this for years, budgeting, forecasting, regular interaction with a client as we help them plan their business. And that's where most of the advisory uplift is, is a revenue opportunity for accountants. So I think in New Zealand and Australia, you've seen them really nail that practice efficiency phase and then start to, that's enabling them to go fast into simple advisory because they're more efficient, they're more connected. Um, you've also had down there the regulatory environment. So both governments in those markets have really focused on compliance simplification. Um, you know, both governments down there have driven e-invoicing standards, they've driven how do we get, how do we have an API strategy across government services to make interaction with the governments easier and been really open to working with technology partners. Plus, you know, the beauty for Australia and New Zealand and like Canada is there's sort of five to six major banks. Um, and that means that, you know, the fintech industry is able to, you know, work really well with accounting software. Um, if we follow up to the UK, the UK is, is exciting because it's very similar as, as, as well. You've seen in the, in the making tax digital space. And I think the bookkeepers have really embraced it uh, in the UK as well. And so you've still seen a real bookkeeping first strategy come through as, as they drive more and more clients online so they can work closer with them. Um, but looking to North America, um, you know, the US for me is the leader, but and I think it's down to a scale. Um, you know, the thing we've always coached accounting firms in Australia and New Zealand on is specialize, you know, put, pick four vertical niches to focus on your practice. And most accounting firms in those regions serve every type of client. And the thing I think that the US really does well is because of your scale, um, you know, we've got a partner that just does campground accounting. You know, that's just that's interesting. Yeah, if you did that in New Zealand, you wouldn't have a very big client base. Uh, we'd well, have to win every account, campground to make it work. And so, you know, the, the verticalization and specialization of accountants up here and bookkeepers, I've never seen in other parts of the world. And so I think the, I think the rest of the world could learn because you're just so much a better advisor if you're focusing on a few key verticals um, as we, where you want to grow your practice. It doesn't mean you know, don't serve other clients, but you're focusing on four where you really want to win. Um, Canada is interesting because it's um, it's actually been Canada's been slower than the US. So Canada's actually slightly behind the US on cloud adoption, and you know I think you can definitely see the countries that have had a strong home player that have been really fast in taking their products and platforms to the cloud. That's really correlates to how quickly the industries transformed. And I think Canada for me excites me. It's very similar compliance frame and compliance framework around what you see in Australia and New Zealand. Commonwealth governments share a lot um, as well. And so, you know, things like open banking, um, which is we're seeing in the UK and we're seeing play in Australia where it's, you know, the data that a customer has with their bank, they own it. And so provided vendors are approved, then that data should be able to flow into what softwares they want to use. And so, you know, we, we can see that coming to Canada um, and we can definitely see the Canadian um regulatory environment starting to follow some of those other Commonwealth countries. So my view is I expect to see Canada accelerate and probably pass the US because it's going to follow that same sort of journey 
that we've seen in the other Commonwealth countries. Asia is really exciting. Um, you know, we're focused in Asia and particularly right now, our focus is on English, uh, where, where English is a second language, parts of Asia, like Hong Kong and Singapore and Kuala Lumpur. And we're seeing great growth there. Same thing, accountants, they're wanting to move into advisory, um, but also again, the governments as well, wanting to see more small businesses run in the cloud so they can get more sort of, um, you know, accuracy in the tax take, you could probably put it, put it that way, it's a, if more small businesses are running and, and software. So it's it's fun, watch, it's really interesting watching how the landscape plays. What is fascinating is when you go down to the core problems that accountants and bookkeepers are solving for small businesses and that we think we want to help solve as well, they're the same. You know, for a small mm-hmm. business all around the world, it's how much money do I owe people? Who owes me money? And am I, you know, and how much money do I have now and being able to see, um, you know, have I got enough cash flow to make the next 30 days? And and so the things we see small businesses lack time, a lot of them went into it thinking it was going to be this be your own boss thing and they end up doing the work during the week. And in fact, we ran a brand study in the US, which we'd done in New Zealand years ago and the results were almost identical. Most small, but it's really fascinating. Small businesses are scared of growth. So we asked, you know, what, do you, what what's one of your goals? Most small businesses don't want to see they don't want to grow. Which is really sort of scary because is the backbone of our economy. It's you yeah. know, our biggest employers, and when you drill down to it, the key reason is they may have tried before. They see growth, but they're yeah. already struggling. They're already having to do the bookkeeping or the work in the weekend because they're so passionate about delivering the service or product during the week. And so they, you know, they're struggling to have time with their family. So they see growth as getting out of control. The thing they do want though is efficiency. And so how do you make me efficient? And what we sort of see is if we can get a small business efficient and get them connected to great bookkeepers and accountants, then the confidence to grow turns on. And so what's really fascinating is that's the same story wherever you go, whether you're in the US or um, New Zealand or Australia, we, small businesses want efficiency, they want time back. If we can give them that and get them feeling confident, then we can unlock growth because we see our customers tend to want to grow and they're the high growth businesses. So. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. There's little differences all around the place, but the core challenges and problems are really similar. Hey, Ben, can you hear me okay? I lost my microphone last time. Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So um, I'll try to, I'm going to try to make a segue into the point I was trying to uh, make with you earlier before I lost my audio. And I think it's pretty good because we're, we, we kind of, we're talking about the US now. Now, um, my question to you is, and I think you kind of answered it, is do you believe that the adoption of cloud in general, this is either zero QuickBooks or any of the other competitors in the US, I mean, I want to hear from you, in the US is better and faster than other countries or or the other way? Uh, it's the other way. And, you know, I think so the Southern Hemisphere are the leading, so Australia and New Zealand, we think are ahead there at 50%. Um, the UK is accelerating really quickly now, um, and and you know it's getting a big push with the regulatory environment. Um, Canada is slightly behind the US, and I think we were talking about you know it, it, you can see where there's a strong player and market that's gone to the cloud that helps. Um, so we've, the interesting stat that's changed. I remember um, the a few years ago. I can't remember the stat exactly, but the amount of businesses that were talking about going to the cloud or accountants that were talking about saying, hey, my intention is to go to the cloud has completely swung over the last two years. So, so my view is, you know, we're going to see, we've seen the accelerated adoption of other cloud apps that small businesses are using. We've talked about, um, you know, things like Square and Stripe and that. 
So it's going to come and it's, it's been behind, but we see it accelerating. Um, and and then we, th we think that, you know, bookkeepers and a, if we can help bookkeepers and accountants be a part of that journey, that'll also help drive the acceleration. And you quoted Australia and New Zealand as 50%. What, yep. what is the percentage in the US? Uh, we still think it's, it's still under 20%. Under 20%. Now, yeah. let me ask you a question because this is, a, an, a, I would say, more of a, an observation as an accountant dealing with customers day to day. Yep. I think that cloud customers or cloud-based customers or people with accounting in the cloud are more propense to be compliant than desktop or non-cloud accounting system, small business users. So let me, let, let me explain a little bit better. Compliant means reporting all their income. Compliant means wanting to proactively pay income tax and show their financial statements as positive um, in comparison to the mom and pop shops that, that prefer to deal with cash and don't have accounting systems have, and have these non-public ledgers. So do you think that the slow adoption in the U.S., could be because of the number two sport in America, the number two indoor sport in America, which is tax, tax avoidance, uh, it's, it has something to do with it? Or, or is it truly because QuickBooks desktop, and let's just, I mean, you know, we can say it, right? It is QuickBooks desktop that has been such a strong player for 30 years that has dominated the market. So is the, 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 the presence of QuickBooks Desktop and other desktop-based softwares that is so ubiquitous and so prominent, holding people back from going to the cloud, or is it other factors like you know lack of trust in the government, not wanting to be compliant, not wanting to have their bank accounts connected to their to their uh, accounting software? Because I'm sure this is this is part of the challenge that Zero has too, because you don't have a desktop offering, you don't have a way to get a customer that says, "I love your brand, but I." I want a desktop offering. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, and I, there's definitely a chunk of customers out there that prefer to, to, to run off, off the cloud for those for, for tax avoidance reasons. I, I don't think it's the main reason. I actually think that you, you can actually watch how it's played out in other, other regions. I think as fintech, the banking space accelerates and the connection of banking into accounting software gets stronger. That was a major catalyst and the US has you know, struggled with it, but and it's not anything wrong. It's just the scale. There's 6,000 plus banks here versus Commonwealth countries that tend to have six major banks in each one. So that, that's been a hindrance. The second piece is we absolutely saw a correlation between once accountants and bookkeepers took their own practices online and started actively working with customers more uh, in that fashion, that actually accelerated. So because the the small businesses, so we, we sort of see the US, there's 30 million small businesses in the US. We think there's sort of 10 million businesses that sit in that sort of employ people, need the type of accounting software like Xero. Um, and, you know, my view is most of those should be attached to an accountant bookkeeper. Now, only 5 million in the US are. Um, and so, yeah, so there is a challenge in the US where there are less, you know, the accounts and bookkeepers are a huge part of the adoption of cloud by small business and the results that that drove. Um, you know, we can see survival rates um, in small business absolutely dramatically improve almost by half if a client's on small business, uh, on zero, working with an advisor. Um, and so that's what we, when we look at our vision, we're like, how do we help educate, transform the profession um, so that they can actually help drive that change with small business? How do we grow the amount of small businesses actively working with bookkeepers and accountants to 10 million, not five? Um, and I think that's probably the number one challenge, right? Because of that 30 million, you only have 5 million actively working with an accountant or bookkeeper. 
Um, and so, it, so it's it's for us, it's been driving. You know, we're very focused on how do we make sure we drive out the connections with banks. How do we make sure we really grow that accounting and bookkeeping channel because they are so critical. I mean, as you guys know, accounting software and you know my friends always say oh, it's, it's pretty boring stuff. And I'm actually know well, small business is really important to our economy. And if you run a small business, accounting software is the backbone. And, and we did some great research. And I remember talking to a gentleman that said he'd been researching cloud for nine months. He'd seen friends that use cloud software and, and they'd recommended it. He'd talked to his bookkeeper, had said, you should use it. And I said to him, well, how long has this journey been going? I said, nine months. He said, because when you look over the back of the TV, because you want to change your sound system and you know your sound system's out of date, you know the buttons aren't quite working anymore, but you look at that mess of cables and you just go, I don't want to touch it. You know, it's too scary. It's better the devil I know than the devil I don't. And that's where we have to really, I mean, people don't flip accounting software every day like they do telco providers. It's a really big change. They often get it wrong. You know, often they can set it up horrendously wrong and, and then it doesn't actually get the value and power they need. So we think the partner channel growing um, is the catalyst to that because small businesses struggle to make that change without their trusted advisor around them. Um, and so we think if we can do that, and they look, I mean, it's really funny. You ask a lot of accountants, um, you know, what's the number one you think, the reason you think your clients want, they'll start compliance. And it is, I mean, tax is still a big reason people want to, you know, help. Um, but what's interesting is when you look at how on those surveys, I don't have a stat at hand, so I'm not going to um, make up a fake stat, but I, the, the survey does show that um, people are looking to their advisors, their bookkeepers and their CPAs for education and advice on software and technology. Because where else do they, you know, where else do they go? And they, there's huge trust there. Um, and now it's more complicated. It's complicated for the right reasons, if that makes sense, because they're like, hey, you used to have this box that does everything. And and what, what, what we need to help them understand that we can build this specific tech stack for your small business that's gonna be give you more power and, and more efficiency and more insights to do what you want to do with your business than you've ever had. You've actually got software that's almost like enterprise grade now. In fact, you look at some of these medium-sized businesses running those ecosystems around the core accounting engine, and they're running you know, better end-to-end -end solutions than some of the, the big players have. And that's exciting. And to me, that's the opportunity we have as advisors. And that's what's held us back because we don't have scale. You know, We don't have the scale in the cloud integrated channel yet. We don't have the scale of um, bookkeepers and accountants out driving this with their small business. And so it's still there for the for, for the taking. And that's what's, and I know you guys are, all three of you represent partners that are absolutely doing that, which is exciting. And then I, let me ask you, oh, Andrew, you want, you want, okay. okay. I'll, ask, I'll ask the last one and then I'll give it over to you. Um, just the last question on North American strategy. So Intuit purchased two years ago, uh, T-Sheets, and it was a really big, acquisition and not too long afterwards uh you guys scooped up hopped up okay combined the two is like 400 million dollars so obviously uh th there's there's an apparent need for zero up uh, for cloud-based uh companies to expand through acquisition right because because the two big players uh show that so my question to you is the purchase of of Hubdoc, which is which I, I think, by the way, Hubdoc, great company. I think the people that lead it are brilliant. Always had good relationship yeah. with them. Go Canada. Yeah, great Canadian company. Go Yeah, go Toronto. Great, great customer uh, service. Great culture. 
great value proposition, great technology. But you obviously, with 70 million, 90 million, whatever the purchase was, um, you could have developed this, right? I mean, you, that's enough money to develop this. Intuit could have developed a, a timesheet application. What is it about acquiring a company like that versus developing in-house that is uh, that is attractive? So that was my question. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so when you think about technology companies and sort of M&A strategy, I mean, you guys have all seen it. You've seen companies that acquire a lot of companies and they end up with quite a, I'll call it the big clunky toy set that never talks to each other. Um, I think the exciting thing about technology now in the cloud is, you know, you can integrate platforms much faster. Um, and so when we think about M&A, we're thinking about, you know, our, our core strategy in the US is how do we drive cloud adoption? Um, you know, how do we build this community, connecting accountants and bookkeepers together and go deeper on strategic partnerships. And so we, when we think about acquisition, whether we build something, whether we buy something, whether we partner on something, you, know, you saw us with our strategic partnership with Gusto. Um, there's different lenses that we look at. When we looked at the HubDoc acquisition, it wasn't just about the technology. So we have this vision for code-free accounting, right? How do we get data uh, with less and less friction into the system faster? Um, so people can work on the outcome and the output. And so we saw HubDoc as a critical um, accelerant to that code-free accounting strategy. At the same time, we also saw it as a great piece of technology and they had some great machine learning. There's a, you know, the, the increase with the, the amount of machine learning we now have on our um, code-free accounting strategy versus when we first acquired it, we've been able to go a lot faster. Um, the third piece actually was the people. You know, when you look at an acquisition, you're not just looking for technology. We're looking for something that extends that platform that makes sense around our vision to accelerate cloud adoption. But also, you know, we were able to build out and, you know, Canada is a massive focus for us. Um, you know, it's the size of Australia and New Zealand put together. It, it behaves very similar similar, uh, similar as those markets um, and great people. And, and so we, we, we were thinking, you know, we want to build a presence out there. So for us too, it was about, about the people and you guys know the Jamies, great people, great founders, saw a problem that us as bookkeepers and accountants had experienced for many years. I did my fair share of like writing on bank statements and coding and trying to unfold paper statements or um, shoe boxes that have been bought into me. And they solved a very simple problem in a really great, um, beautiful way. Um, and, and we saw a real alignment to our strategy. So for me, we're going to see it play out more in the industry. Um, what's interesting though, I think is going to be watching how the players do it. Um, you know, we are very proud to be an open platform, uh, you know, and, and Receipt Bank is still a partner or other, you know, auto entry and other partners that play in that space. We have a strategic partnership with Gusto, but we also have a great one with OnPay and many other payroll providers that integrate into Zero. So we want to maintain that open platform. And so even as you start to see the big players look at, you know, M&A activity, you know, we still, you know, we still integrate with T-Sheets. Um, the other the other players can still integrate with HubDocs. So it's kind of exciting, I think. And what's exciting, this whole cloud journey, you know, when Rod built the business out of New Zealand in the early days, you saw a whole lot of New Zealand companies build off the back of it. And now I've seen companies all over the world build technology into the ecosystem. And it's exciting to see those guys and girls be able to build beautiful stuff um, and and have and be acquired and join in, in the growth that they're getting. So I think that's uh, another key piece, which is exciting for the cloud revolution. So Hector, you, you were going to ask also, I think about um, HubDoc and, and rolling that out with the pricing, right? Yeah, well, I didn't want to take uh, your time, but but my last question was on HubDoc. What it was the ultimate, is the ultimate goal for HubDoc technology to be uh, 
it, it would be zero technology or will it still be treated as a separate app? Is that, is that in your strategy roadmap? Yeah, so right now it's called our code-free accounting strategy. So we're looking at how do we integrate it uh, more deeply into Call Zero, um, so that is, you know, our customers can use it to get data faster into Zero. Um, but we're still um, seeing you know growth of HubDoc um, with customers that don't use Zero as well. So we are looking, obviously, now that we have it as part of our technology platform, around how it, you know our coach, so Jamie McDonald, who was one of the founders, is now you know is on our executive leadership team for product. Um, and owns code-free accounting. And code-free accounting is a strategy across the whole Zero platform now, which HubDoc's a key part of. So yes, we're going to be integrating it more deeply, but we're still operating it um, separately as well, so people can still buy it without Zero. Will it eventually be available in your API? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one yet, um, but you know what I can say is we do, we've always had a very open API strategy. So as we've built new features like projects, we've always build the API and expose it over time. So um, I don't know the definite answer, but generally we always make sure our APIs are both, you know, developer.zero.com, you can get a full list of our published APIs um, and integrate to it without even, you know, by signing up on that site. So I hope it, I hope it is, but um, I'll give you an answer to that later. So we'll hold you to a definite maybe. Yeah, hold me to a definite maybe, yeah. Um, so I'd also like to talk to you about, I mean, you know, we're talking about technology and code-free accounting, which obviously, you know, there's a lot of code behind this code for accounting. Um, and one of the things that um, the cloud is bringing is all this automation and this time benefit and the savings. Um, but I understand that Zerocom was a lot about the human aspect of this process. And I'd love to hear, not having uh, made it down to Zerocon myself, maybe a little bit more about Zero's perspective on that human aspect and the, and the importance of humans um, in the role of the accounting world that is being increasingly more dominated by technology? Yeah, so we kind of, yeah, we've, we're a cloud-first technology-addicted company um, that is, you know, the biggest value that we believe in as a company is one of our internal values is hashtag human. Um, and we actually believe, you know, one of our taglines we're using at the moment is it's, it's accounting software powered by people. We think it's the connection. You know, machine learning and artificial intelligence are really exciting. And lots of the basic tasks are getting automated. Um, but we still think it's the, it's the connection of the people with the technology that is super important. You know, the machine doesn't have empathy, um, as an example. So for us, it's been a big thing. So for us, you know, building communities, um, you know, we, we want to be known as, yes, we're a tech company, but we show up. Um, you know, in the US, we've been focusing on putting teams on the ground that are in accountants' offices all over the country. You know, sitting sitting around the desk of a, a big accounting firm in, in, in Alabama this week, you know, meeting our partners, helping them on the change journey. Um, and then seeing the real human stories of the impact that they can have with their clients. And so I think when when we, that's what that's what excites me. You know, my, to, to, I don't want to go too long, but my, my younger sister is ringing me up from New Zealand and said, I bought a business. Um, which scared me, right? I was like, oh, how did you do that? <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, and she said, I bought it and she lives just in the context. She lives in a really small town in a, in a main shopping street, which is, you know, classic, the decline of bricks and water retail. And she's bought an equestrian supplies business there. And I'm, oh no, you know. <laughs> you know they thought it wasn't a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, but she told me to quickly chill out and said, you know, I put the business on zero. I'm using an e-commerce app, which is hooked into it. And I've worked out that I can live the lifestyle, um, living on the on a rural property with her children, my niece and nephew, 
and I can build this sense of community that's been losing shops. I can actually have a shop there, but I'm going to sell it online. And she's now selling products into Australia, into the main cities in Auckland and where, where um, parents spend a lot of money on their kids' horse gear. And I think that's actually, that's another powerful thing. Like if you think about the technology trends, the big sort of server desktop era pulled us all into these massive um, high rises that I'm looking out the window at. Whereas the cloud era, the online era, actually lets us do what we want from where we want. And so now you're seeing these businesses and places that, that can live where they want to live, where their families um, enjoy their lifestyle, but be doing great things in different parts of the world. And so, yeah, we're big on that. And that's what keeps us excited. And what's exciting in my sister's story is her accountant was such a critical part of that journey. She had no idea where to start. And her accountant also even helped her how to think about getting advice around Facebook and Google to build her own online profile. So by the time I spoke to my sister, she already knew how to, you know, SEO, SEM and was building a Facebook following and that. And I was blown away. So I think that it's those stories that get us really pumped up and it's the technology enables that, but it's the people working together that really leverage that. And so I think, you know, we overplay the robot thing sometimes, right? And, just, and that actually doesn't help change because robots just scare people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, you're definitely right that it's that combination, that ability to connect and communicate with, with your clients. You know, we've talked about that here many times about how critical that that is um, and how uh, important the combination of, of the two is, right? You know, the technology is a huge benefit to small business owners um, and many of them are picking it up on their own. Some of them are being, are picking it up through the help of their accountants, which actually sort of brings me to my next question. Um, we talked earlier about the adoption curves in the various different countries, you know, 50% in Australia and New Zealand, somewhere around 20% in Canada and the US. My question is, is that's, I'm assuming, the aggregate adoption curve for small businesses and, and accountants. Um, and I wonder if that adoption curve is different when we look at accountants versus small businesses by each country. And if you would have in, any insight into those stats and are, I would assume that small businesses are leading that curve. You know, we already talked about the fact that how many businesses do you walk into today and they're going to have an iPad that's taking all their sales into the cloud right away versus we know there's not that many accountants who are onto the cloud and, and doing it. Do you have any insight into, into the different uh, adoption curves of the accounting market versus the small business market by country? Uh, not the particular stats, but but anecdotally, you can definitely see it. It's sort of, I call it the push-pull factor, right? So, you know, you talk to, when one, we did a survey of US accountants. The number one reason why many of them looked at the cloud or looked at zero was because a client rocked up going, hey, I'm on zero and I need help. Um, and I want you to, I want you to connect with me this whole, you know, we can work together. And that's what dro that drove them to go, hey, we need to get going with this. Um, so, but then often you'll have a lot of small businesses that will want to go on onto a cloud product um, that are looking for their accountant's blessing or bookkeeper's blessing um, because they see them say, you guys know this industry, so you know what's your advice on the technology? So we also see, even in the mature markets, we see a lot of accountants and bookkeepers still blocking cloud adoption um, and, try, and almost sort of fueling that fear of, um, you know, of the cloud. It's starting to change. I think we're now, my view, in all markets past the point where you can block it. Um, and... So for me, it's how do we get that right level of educating small business? Now, what, what does drive it is there's always a thin vanguard of accountants and bookkeepers, and you can see that in the US as well, that are out there championing it. Um, they're out there, and they actually, and, 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 and for anyone who's sitting on the fence, there's such an exciting opportunity because 
the wave is just still starting. And if you can re-engineer your practice and get it efficient and connected to your clients and then get proficient so you can go and take on new clients. There are so many clients out there that are looking for this sort of help. Um, and it's a huge opportunity. I think we, and my passion is, I, you know, is being, I want to see as much of the industry come across the, yep. the accounting and, and bookkeeping profession because I think there's a huge, and there's a huge chance. And, you know, I get excited. I had a 70, I had a 70 year old partner um, that um, was breaking up with his other partner and going separate ways. And they're an expensive office building rent. And uh, he went to the cloud. He had to, had a compelling reason. And he went to the cloud. He was going to retire, um, but he just wanted to do that. I caught up with him two years later. And he's spending more time at the beach with his family, which is what he wanted to do. But he's growing his accounting firm. He's like, I'm growing clients. We're working remotely and virtually as a firm. And so that excited me too. So you're seeing people at all ages pick it up as well. So um, I, it, it, to get the acceleration, you've got to see small business adoption. And I think we've seen in the US, we're seeing small business adopt cloud and point of sale and things. Now we need to start to push the accounting profession as well. And that we can spin that up together and, and everybody wins. Yeah. Well, it's just like your, your sister's equestrian business, right? She's able to take a traditional model, add in some technology, um, have more flexibility, have better margins, grow more clients. Accountants have the same opportunity to leverage that technology uh, for a better life. And I think we, everyone on this call has seen that vision. Um, there's obviously a huge group of people who haven't recognized that vision. Um, what do you think the biggest barrier to them, you know, getting to where we are is? Yeah, I think we've got to help them on the journey. Um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, some of us, we're excited about technology, right? We talk about 10 years out and, you know, I go to a lot of conferences, as I know you guys probably do too. And we're having discussions about blockchain and all these things that are way out in the future. It's really exciting. Blockchain will come, it'll be exciting. But we're actually making the quantum leap seem too far. So if you're a firm, you know, I walked out of a conference and a partner came up to me and said, Ben, I'm really stressed about blockchain and what that means for my practice. And so I asked him about his practice and he was 85% still desktop. And so I think, you know, there's a really, there's a, there's a responsibility on us, the vendors. Um, there's a responsibility on the thought leaders in the profession um, to make sure that we're not trying to, who can be the most outlandish with our thought leadership or who can be the most outlandish with, with, with you know, where the next crazy robot's coming from, but actually, how do we help them on the journey? Because fear never drives change. If we make the leap seem too big, they won't make it. Um, and we actually just need to show them. And that's why I love the simple complex advisory conversation, which is just start with getting some efficiency in your existing business model and get it online. And then you can grind to the simple advisory and stuff you've done before. You've done budgeting, we've done forecasting, we've talked to our clients regularly. We just haven't had time to do a lot of it. So let's get more of that time. And, and then pick some of the elements of complex advisory that you want to go into. Pick a vertical niche. Do we want to go into startup mentoring or you know capital raising assistance? So I think we need to really break it down into a journey for them. And we need to not make it so scary. We need to start talking and almost just start talking like it's not a thing because mm. it's online is happening. It's, all, it's a trend in every part of our life. Like online banking doesn't surprise anyone now, does it? It's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ben, what is what is uh, zero or, or is zero looking at or have they looked at um, incorporating AI or blockchain machine learning? You know all the all the all the terms, <laughs> all the terms technology. What 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 um, are they looking into that, and how will it impact zero's development here? You know here in the U.S. at least. 
Yeah, so we're definitely keeping a, a big eye on it right now. You know, we've quite we, we about three years ago moved all our platforms, all of our platforms across onto AWS, mm. um, so that we could innovate fast. You know, some years we'll roll up to two thousand feature releases into the product. So, um, you know, we heavily focus on where's you know if you think about where's the next piece of time you take out for a small business, where's the next piece of time you take out for an accountant, um, and then how do you create that connection? So what you saw us launch at ZeroCon is a really interesting thing. We launched a tool now that's going to give ca- uh, businesses sort of a uh, almost like a friend in the software, just talking about how their cash flow is looking for the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're going to use that, we're going to use the data out of that to learn and start to use better analytics and predictive since we can start to help the small business. But then we've also built this platform for accountants and bookkeepers. So then how do we connect those two? So we start to ping Michael and say, hey, Michael, based on this um, cash flow forecasting rhythm, we, we, we think you need to lean in with this customer hmm. um, and maybe look at getting them some financing options. So that's the sort of stuff we're focusing on at the moment. We're excited to launch at um, ZeroCon. Uh, we, we're also, we're seeing, we've seen cryptocurrency add-on partners integrate with Zero. Um, we've got a lot of partners that are operating. It's just kind of the, the ecosystem is a really interesting way to see how people actually innovate on the platform. It's something we're looking at. We haven't seen mass scale uptake of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to make sure we're balancing um, where we focus. One thing that's been really actually exciting for us and we've focused in the last couple of years in the US on is bringing our full practice platform. So a lot of accountants and bookkeepers two or three years ago didn't see Zero as a practice platform. They just saw it as a sort of a good bookkeeping tool. We actually have full practice management, work paper compliance, full reporting engines, management reporting. We actually have a full GL platform. So we have a ledger product that that is for the accountant to use on their non-cloud clients. I can take my whole practice online, my document management integrated into their practice management. um, And I can have clients that are still not on the cloud because they're good little clients and they're, you know, they're, pay a good fee and they'll come eventually and I don't have to force them over. Um, you can run a ledger for them. And then as they want to upgrade, they come to you and so want to go on the cloud, you've already got them on zero and you can put them up onto our other products. So we've launched a Schedule C product with our, in our Cashbook platform right up to the business edition. So we actually now have a GL platform that works for most client types in a firm. That's great. And, and when, when will that be coming over to the US? Uh, it's all here. It's actually it's all here. Okay. Yeah, so we've been pushing it. It's been, big, been a big focus the last three years on doubling down and building our partner channel and oh, making sure great. that they're aware of all these tools. We've, we've got a development team out in um, Denver that's building work papers and, and continuing to localize that even further um, for the US, um, which is exciting. We're building the functionality of the product, which will launch the first version on coming up very shortly of um, being able to map account lines in the client software into, into a tax mapping tool. Yeah. Um, and that'll play nicely with all the tax players. So our vision when we founded Zero was this concept of a single ledger. Um, by single ledger, I mean a double entry accounting system. By mm. single ledger, what I mean is as a single source of truth. We went, right. the business is over here running its stuff, and then it sends its tax information to the accountant. They love getting their stuff ready for the accountant. Um, and then the accountant does this end of year process. Well, how do we bring everyone together to work on one single source of the truth? And that's what we founded Zero on, on that concept of the single ledger. And so we want as much of the accounting and bookkeeping workflows to sit in the same software that the client is, mm. so it's not going out to something else. And so that the practice platform that we've built for practices to take their practice online is all connected into that GL platform. Um, so so an account on bookkeeping, I can take my firm online and it doesn't matter if 30% of my clients are still on desktop because I can still look after them because they will come over time. Um, and if you're an existing practice with lots of clients, you can't go out and say, I'm going to go and exit all my client base that's not on the cloud. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's, that's great. That's, that's, yeah, I, I, I think I totally agree. And 
Um, you know, we're, I know we're coming down to the kind of the last, uh, eight to eight to 10 minutes of, of our time. But, uh, uh, one of the questions I had, uh, one of the questions or questions I had for you was, you know, to not 2019 and we're still, I can't imagine, I can't believe we're, we're still three and a half months until the end. It feels like it's flown by, um, <laughs> it's going yeah, it's going quickly, but like, uh, 2019, it seems to be this year has been the hottest year for accounting tech fundraises. Uh, accounting software fundraises, um, acquisitions and mergers, um, and even bold moves by different different accounting partners. Um, you know, obviously one of the one of the big industry moves that has happened is, is is into its launch of QuickBooks Live or look their look into what they're calling bookkeeping. They're calling QuickBooks Live. Um, how, how how does Zero look at that in regards to what's into its look into this and into its movement into, you know. Uh, somewhat of the bookkeeping space. I don't know if I'm going to call it full bookkeeping or full accounting, but somewhat of it. Uh, how, do, how do they look in, how does Zero look into that? And how do you guys, how do you guys stay competitive in that if they, if they end up becoming very successful in, in that launch? Yes, it's been an interesting landscape and, and fascinating sort of hearing from our partners on sort of how it's been um, reacted to. Look, I'll say a couple of things. The, 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 the 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 explosion and the tech set the tech center around, yeah. around fintech and accounting is really exciting. It shows it shows that this is no longer a thing, right? This is starting to become mainstream. We're at a really interesting junction, though, uh, and I think you know, it's happening. Many elements of technology in our lives. Where do we want to play uh, as the software vendor? And, and for Zero, that is our most important partner uh, in in going to market and delivering on our vision. And our vision is to you know help small businesses thrive is through accountants and bookkeepers. And so we're really clear on that. So what does that mean for where we play? Um, we're really focused on small businesses that we believe are either going to grow and need an accountant bookkeeper and should get them earlier in the journey because um, many don't take them on early enough or um, well, the ones that need them now that should be with them now. And then how do we provide great software that creates the connection between the both? And I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. There's definitely, I'm mean, not, not going to say definitely personally, my personal view is there's a small chunk of the market at the bottom end, which is very commoditized, where those sort of tools might work. Um, you know, we, we're passionate about small business and growing small business. And we think, you know, and all our data shows, in, in, in a stat that backs it up, 90% of our 1.8 million plus subscribers around the world are attached to one of our partners. Oh, wow. And, you know, that, and that just shows that, that commitment. And so we think it's the software we provide that fosters the connection between the both. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting space. You start to play in that, um, sort of joint space of providing software and then also having, you know, the, 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 the services through the tool as well. It's an interesting, interesting space to play. I think you'd be very careful how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I, I think, you know, I I've said this before and, and um, this is, you know, and I don't, I don't know what it's like in Canada or Australia or in New Zealand, but right now with unemployment rates, so being so low um, and, having a, diff, a different model um, basically laid out before us, which was Uber, you know, Uber came out and there were all these taxi companies out there in different cities um, monopolizing the market. Uber comes in and just surprises them. Um, and now a taxi driver has an option, right? Do they go drive for Uber, the, 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 the fast growing giant, or they, do they stay with their yellow ta cab taxi company, right? And, and play by, by play by those rules. And, 
And so I think the war, I think the the war, the battle will be for talent in many ways because mm. there's the last stat I read, there's a million jobs um, that are open with no one able to, no one, no one available to apply or even take those jobs in the USA, which is which is crazy number to think about, a million jobs. Um, and so accounting firms, you know, when I talk to other accounting firm owners and, and including myself, the number one challenge is where do you find that good talent? And we look all across the country, you know, where do you find good talent, leverage technology to work remotely? Where do you still find good talent? And it seems to me that um, that's where that will be. If anybody tries to get into this kind of service of, of providing booking your accounting, they're going to have to fight for the same talent we're fighting for, right? They're going to have to tr- attract those same people. And so it's really, really amazing to hear. I remember you saying this, that 90% of your customers are connected to accountant because that, that shows your, um, you really are embedded with the accounting channel and you really do see yep. them as a part of your community, as a part of your, your, um, your strategy here in the U.S. So that's really, really great. Yeah, I, think, I mean, there's always a bottom into town that, that you know, that sort of, I mean, you think about a tax, I mean, Uber is amazing as a right. service, right? <laughs> like, but right. you know, the thing about, you know, if I'm growing a business and I've, let's say, you know, you, you, as a human being, you leave your job and the security of that, and you've got a family to feed, you create a business and you start to grow that business, um, you know, good business development, the sort of business development that you guys support, you guys are doing for your clients. You know your clients, you built a relationship with them. You know they you've got that balance of their business goals and their personal goals. You also know their strengths and their weaknesses. So as we become more coaches to small business, um, then you know, and that's stuff that you're not going to get. So I think there's like a level of value, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the small businesses that we're focused on that we think we can have an impact on, we think need you guys, um, and and yeah, we can definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, I know we're coming to the end of our time. Andrew and Hector, do you guys have some closing thoughts? Um, just kind of what a conversation with Ben and what you've heard and learned? Um, I, I do have a closing question. Uh, yeah. Because um, uh, I, I, we've had lots of great talks about what's going on around the world um, and all the different things. Um, and I have a very biased question. I'd love to know what Zero has planned for, for Canada. I, I do also have a very specific question from Heather Smith that she posted very early on that I, I wanted to relay. Um, and she mentioned that, I guess the, the Maori um, dance was a big part of the, of, of the event. The yeah. The Haka. Um, I'm, yep. and I'm a big fan of the all blacks and, and, yep. and their whole, whole, I love the, I love the dance, but I also love their no dickheads policy. Um, <laughs> but so she wanted to know if that's going to be uh, making its way around as part of the, the culture of the country, uh, the culture of the business to the other countries. And I also want to know what was planned for Canada. Yeah. It's on the culture. I mean, it's really interesting. I think what's exciting. I mean, for me as a, as a Kiwi and so what, what zero has done and, you know, I'm, you know, in the, in the, in the, the businesses, we've created this global business that does have, you know, there's team USA pride in our USA business. There's team Canada pride in our Canadian team. You know, Will Buckley and the team up there. There's team UK pride, but we, we have a global culture as a business. And, you know, so you see a lot of those things, um, jumping around. The other thing is we've seen the same culture emerge with our partners. And so when I came up to the US, I was really conscious of not being there. Well, what I saw a New Zealand guy, uh, I mean, I was in places in the deep south chatting to partners and, and, and partners are generally interested to learn what's happening in this country here. What's ha- what do you see is going well and wrong? And I think there's so much sharing we can do. I never want to say who's better than each other because that's that starts the conversation off on the wrong foot. Canada, anyway. Yeah, yeah, Canada. So it's, but but no. So we're seeing this awesome global community of partners that are sharing and working together because it's that sort of competition. Um, for Canada, look, we've um, 
I think we've more than tripled the team up in Canada. We physically launched up there about a year and a half ago, and um, Will Buckley's uh, taken on a Canadian country manager role. He owned a firm in Australia. He's been up working in the US and Canada for over two and three years. Um, he's moved his family to Canada and been up there for two. So the team's grown. We've got lots of accountants from around the world working for us. Um, and we're just about to launch a roadshow in Canada um, and in the US as well. So basically October, November, we're all on the road across uh, the US. So check out zero.com, I think, full slash roadshow to see when we're coming. We're going all over Canada, more than like 20 locations and the same in the US. Um, we're building lots of product for Canada as well so that we have um, a lot of the tax compliance tools up there. So H uh, PST, GST, um, making sure the products are some of those really good uh, things that it needs for Canada. The practice manager and work papers we're, we're bringing into market there as well. Um, so we built the team out. And of course, with the acquisition of HubDog, we have over 100 people based in Toronto. And now have offices in Vancouver, Calgary. So um, Canada's exciting. It's our big uh, next big Commonwealth growth market, um, which I'm passionate about. And I'd love for you guys. Um, we'll have to introduce you to Will because the team is super passionate. Yeah, I think I'm actually speaking at a conference that he's speaking at next Thursday. Um, so I'll make sure to walk over and uh, shake his hand. Awesome. Yeah, I'll do an email intro. It's been, um, yeah, he'd love to catch up. Perfect. Hector, any uh, final thoughts or uh, comments or a question you have? Oh, uh, I will follow up with, um, with uh, Andrew's question. What's, uh, what's coming up in the US uh, new and exciting uh, with Zero? Yeah, so we're working up so for, the, for the US. We're super excited. Um, the mapping of account lines, the tax mapping tool. So we're really focused on that. How do you get the client's data into tax systems faster and do that sort of mapping of tax lines in the software so accountants can work even closer in that single ledger concept. Um, you're going to see a lot of the great release. So we've announced a deeper partnership with Stripe. Um, so we've, we've taken the Stripe feed with transaction feeds coming to it to a whole new level. Um, we're localizing, so you see more coming from our work papers tool as well. But the more important thing is um, we announced the Chase. Uh, we've partnered with Chase Bank. Um, so you know, we'll soon be starting to work getting that, that, that feed live. Um, so big focus on better banking integrations. Um, we're building out a whole lot of, for our partners, a whole lot of, we built a whole team around verticals, right? So um, agriculture, real estate, building tech stacks for them that they can take um, in their practices. So uh, probably it's, it's, I know it's for, for non-tax people, the tax stuff probably isn't exciting, but for those of us that file tax returns, getting the data out of the client system into a tax system is really important. So everyone's really excited for that one um, for the US. Uh, and of course, the, the stuff that we're bringing in the practice platform. Um, and the great lineup of launches that you saw at ZeroCon um, on, our, on our product roadmap, the, the cash flow forecasting tool I'm really excited about as well. So when that comes out, a tool that's sitting in the software triggering alerts the small business on how you cash flows in the next 30 days. And I think it's gonna trigger lots of advisory conversations with our partners. So look out for that one coming as well. That's great. Thank yeah. Thanks, Ben. Well, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. This has been great. Um, and, and we'd love to have you back in the future and to get more updates as with this space continues to move very fast and grow and change. And we've learned a ton from you tonight. So uh, I could see why zero has you here as the country leader uh, and, you know, best, best wishes on zero success here. And, and um, you know, I think all of us believe as the whole space grows, as we all do well, that the, the, uh, there's plenty of ocean to, to swim in Raising together. tide raises all ships. Yeah, it raises it, all ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Totally so, right. yeah. that's great. Well, yeah, so thanks for joining us, and, and I hope you have a safe travels as you, as you travel throughout the country. 
Yeah, no, and thanks so much, guys. It's so good to spend an hour with people that share our passion for the industry. So, um, and uh, you guys have a great podcast. So, uh, thanks for everything you guys do as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks, man. Bye, everybody. Bye.